Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 88 of the Archaeologist Podcast, the show where we discuss everything and anything that has to do with Ark Survival Evolved. I'm your host, Sean D. Knight, and with me are a number of players that are here to offer their insights and opinions on the latest topics, strategies, and upcoming features or patches. As I call it, our participants for tonight, say hello to the listeners and how many hours you have in Ark. Rico. Howdy, y'all. Same as the last us two weeks, because I've been on break. <laughs> a leg day? Hey, uh... Looks like 3,794. And Troglodonis. But you thought you were going to luck out and never hear from me again. 2,937. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's been a major upheaval in the PvP community this week. Out of the blue, Wildcard locked down a number of servers, which resulted in them dev wiping a number of tribes and banning people, especially from the BLDX Alliance. However, there was one big tribe that was left out of this band wave that has everyone demanding an explanation from Wildcard and allegations that the Chinese tribe is being protected by Wildcard's parent company, Snail Games. Oh, and we will also talk about the boat life this week. All this and more later on in this episode, but before we get to all that, let's set up the YouTube comments. And, uh, oof, says, lol, Rico so harsh on character loss. The best way for Wildcard to fix this issue is to have structures, dinos, techgrams, and imprints steam-bound on official servers. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still in favor of all that. I was just making the point. I, I Not worth a gamer uh, turn for me, unless you have put in so little you don't probably deserve it. Tech, that was the weirdest grams. conclusion ever that we came to. Really? Techgrams, I don't think Techgrams should, because then you'd have the people that are cheating just jumping back on with new characters <laughs> on the account. And hey, look, this level one boy knows how to make all these tech, uh, this element. Indeed. But you, you really don't want that guy knowing it. <laughs> Kibaniko Wolfboy says, people have been doing this for a long time. Uh, we find uh, doing this for a long time where they find any game-breaking actions that most new developers don't think players will do, they will do it. Till something breaks. Most famous bug, uh, the missing number of Pokemon Red and Blue, which was seven actions people did. I even know a guy that played a horror game and literally, literally tried to break it by doing so. Pokemon. Well, I mean, that's a single player game. I don't care if you cheat and do and glitch in single player game. That's fine. But when you're doing multiplayer, that's a whole different ball game. Yeah, and if you're cheating, why not give a little bit of that sweet, sweet cash, huh? Give him some of that loot. Why are you being so greedy? I think his point is people are clever. They'll find ways. Well, yeah, absolutely. That's always certainly the case. And clever we've seen that time and time the again. Depends on who you talk to. <laughs> Thomas says, try coming to console, Xbox and PS4. Uh, after six months, still can't put preserving salt in bins. Ugh, why would yeah. I want to? Why would I want to go to consoles? Yeah, it's just one of the many examples of the differences between the console version and the PC version. Consoles are still lagging behind. I mean, just last week they finally got the Dino TLC number two. I'm very thankful that Ark is not a console port to PC. Yeah, Oof. it just feels like one. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Topher says, first time hearing this podcast, and I was not disappointed. And uh, he commented on this, made this comment on episode 68, where we were talking about aberration, the good, the bad, the pay to win. Uh, glad you're here. Glad you're enjoying it. And hopefully you'll stick with us. We'll disappoint you, sure enough. Yeah. Sooner or later. Won't take long. Yeah, but uh, I mean, if you're not disappointed sometimes, how are you going to know what the good stuff is? You're not going to appreciate it. <laughs> it's true. Very true. 
Next Generation Gaming says, I can see maybe having a targeted whistle for Disabled Wandering. However, having a whistle for all dinos to Disabled Wandering can be quite detrimental if you're anywhere close to your dung beetles or snails. That's a good point. But then again, you can also disable the uh, group whistling yeah. or group whistles. Yeah, I think that'd be an easy fix. Yeah. So, but Superman. <laughs> like Superman. Uh, Apex Predator writes, Jump on a Ma Shops, run off a cliff, and spin to face cliff edge. Trimate shoots Ma Shops in the butt with a flaming arrow from a nearby raft, and you quickly unplug computer before hitting the ground. When you relog, you must quickly jump on a Reaper and spin six times to the right, four to the left, and then eat the tribemate that shot your mosh ups. They will that will instantly dupe steam cards. And that's why we don't have them for ARC. It's that simple. What the hell? <laughs> so this is a response to uh last week's um exploit we were talking about where you can become invisible on the server. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that it only took like three steps to make yourself invisible. And then yeah, he goes on to uh, write, interested to hear your take on the bands and not bands this coming podcast, a.k.a. episode 88. So, yes, that we, we'll, we'll definitely get to those uh, towards the end of the episode. But in the meantime, we're going to move on to threads, tweets, etc. So a lot of things going on. And one of the complaints is the dino hitboxes. Now, Kohizi put up a little cliff where um, he was trying to run past his thylaco and he couldn't because the hitbox was so large and uh he was getting really frustrated and he just simply wrote this is frustrating why is this a thing i think i remember this thread and i think the conclusion was it was a it was a head swing bug mm-hmm. yeah like uh that their heads were looking one direction but their hitbox wasn't exactly <laughs> exactly sorry don't go ahead i was gonna say the weird thing is, is that snail games also has dark and light going and in dark and light, they already have that fixed pretty much where dinos can go right up next to each other. You can crawl under them. They don't stop you from walking beside them. Why don't they just hit up the studio doing that and say, hey, can we have that technology? Because it's the same company. Yeah. Some of it's a trade-off with the size of the hitbox, too, because if you make the hitboxes super tight around the model, that works really great. But in a laggy situation, you end up with a lot of rubber banding because mm-hmm. the server catches up and realizes there's a collision and it has to back them up. Like an overly large hitbox, at least from what I was reading, compensates for the latency. I mean, what do you want? You want a little bit of lag, or do you want to not be stuck by every dino at your base? <laughs> so uh, this particular thread caught my eye because it also, in the comment section, devolved into um, some of the commenters attacking the wildcard's moderators. And so wildcard Eli stepped in and said you're welcome to think that that being you know that they're paying the moderators and that they're pretty much the nazi patrol because the forums are so heavily moderated and uh eli replies you're welcome to think that but the people we have moderating our forums are all volunteers that come from the community they are not salaried employees and do the moderation out of the overall belief of making the artificial forums a more orderly community now with that said it's a bit of a harder prospect to pitch to a programmer that they work long hours on developing a game and do so with no other compensation than the knowledge that they are helping make a video game better. They don't pay somebody to moderate. Wait a I, I thought a couple of wildcard employees were moderators, though. Well, they all have the ability to moderate, yeah. So they, why don't they have a dedicated moderator, though? I would assume that would be Jet, Jen, and Eli. I mean, Eli's one of the moderators, isn't he? I always thought that was a little weird that the subreddit was controlled by the devs. And I mean, I understand why they want to do that. Obviously, they want to have control over the forum for the game. But 
I think he probably would get a lot less bias if it was by people that were not wildcard. Mm-hmm. But then oh, again, no, they're even he, worse. They're even yeah. worse. So yeah. the, the counter argument is the arc subreddit, not the play arc subreddit, where it's mostly just memes. Yeah. So it, the conversation continued to devolve and attacking and bashing the moderators. And uh, Eli then went on to reply in response to um, the accusations that they constantly delete posts people take time to make and show bugs in the game. Eli wrote, as an order to them, they only delete bug posts if those posts can and do lead to exploits, while at the same time telling the individual that such types of bugs are better served being sent directly to support. This is to help curtail the spread of exploits, and as a whole, no one gets banned unless they are purposely publicizing these bugs to promote the spread of cheating. I agree with that. I mean, sometimes people the only post, way to... But the problem is... They post it to get attention to, for it, and they think that, you know, therefore Wildcard will act quicker if everybody well, knows it, but... But that, that turns quick. out to be the case, because right now we're seeing Wildcard quickly uh, jumping on these exploits that have been suddenly posted online. And but sometimes it, the only way to make them do something is to give them no choice in the matter. If you want it fixed, you have to shove it down their throat. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, they probably have to drop whatever they're doing to do it. And, and what I are have they to doing? say, I understand it. I understand both sides of it. I understand why they want that bug fixed now uh, on the posters part, and I understand why Wildcard's like, dang it, we're trying to do things on our own schedule here. Their own schedule. But that's three the, years they, out. They, they can't work on their own going. schedule. Yeah. Well, <laughs> once the game releases, it'll be better. I know, right? <laughs> oh, boy, I hope the game releases soon. This is EA, but everybody get off their back. <laughs> Indeed. All right, so Carpe Demon asks a simple question. Why not merge legacy and official servers? No. And given the fact that the new servers are essentially like the legacy servers, what, two, three months into their life cycle? It's an interesting question to ask. However, Jet did respond saying, I know the topic has taken a different direction now, but to add some clarity, our official servers have a custom setup versus regular PC dedicated servers due to our enormous cross arc network. Legacy servers use a deprecated save and file system, one that we do not use on our current official server network. Merging them would require some additional development work, and we would rather put those efforts towards other things such as the weekly fixes. Also, our most recent takedown of legacy servers targeted instances which averaged less than one concurrent player for a week of game time. So they were practically ghost towns, and there's still quite a few of those left. See, that was interesting to me, because that means the code's forked. Mm -hmm. You got two code baselines, you must, if they got two different save file systems. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that explanation, and frankly, they'd have to wipe all the legacy servers before merging them. I would not even bother. I just don't see how it would help anything. Yeah, it would do nothing. It wouldn't enhance the overall gameplay wouldn't over enhance the experience in any way. I still think the new clusters are nowhere near as bad as the legacy though. Eh, it depends. It depends yeah. on who you ask. No, I remember the old days where the game was basically just a slideshow of images. Well, I'm just being in terms of the, the duped uh, stuff and some of the shady stuff that was happening. Mm. Alright, um, let's move on. So, uh, we talked about this, I think, in last week's episode, where there would be no Evo weekend this weekend, uh, April 6th, 2018. So uh, Kaken went to Reddit and said, or asked, what's the reasoning behind the two times, or the times two schedule? And he writes, I know the evolution events are arbitrary to wildcard, but I'd like to know the reasoning behind it, not being every weekend. Sometimes it's weeks in a row, then randomly they skip one or two. Does it depend on the mood of their employees, or are they just pulling pieces of paper from a hat? That so, actually is interesting. Yeah. Now, Jet did reply to this saying, 
Lately, we've gone back to hosting them around sales and holidays or large patches, but also ensuring that they do occur regularly within the calendar month. As for the most recent back-to-back, we had anticipated that console would have received TLC 2 a week sooner than it did, which led to us scheduling it scheduling it two weekends in a row. When we first introduced the events, the plan was to host them around special periods, content patches, holidays, and sales, but as we were getting into retail release and into post-release, we ended up having them very frequently. We feel that we were definitely overzealous with them in 2017, and right now we're just trying to find the right balance. Ideally, we'd like to have a better system in place for evolution events where they're reasonably frequent, but still a nice treat or surprise for our players, which means we're considering the type of events we host, how regularly they're occurring, and whether we want to introduce some additional dynamic settings into the mix. I can buy that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I like the idea of X2s being kind of special and not regularly scheduled, but frequent enough to where I don't have to reorganize my life around them. I'm still trying to wrap my head around everything being times two normally. That's not the arc I grew up in. Exactly. I mean, we're times two from the official, or the original official rates. So yeah, you should have tried playing great. back when we had the times one. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> I bet the whole base that way. <laughs> Those were the days. Dinosaur trains up mountains to get a few thousand ingots. That base Rico didn't help you with. Remember that one? <laughs> I built my first space by picking up stone by hand. Yeah, we used to build in that little area where it was a lot of free stone, and we walk around, pick up stone, like, look at all this. I can get 500 stone every three hours. This is amazing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, indeed. So, um, speaking of EVO events, we are going to have one on the 11th, I believe, according to Community Crunch 129. And, uh, in the community crunch, they also announced the new service, which did launch this week. Uh, we've been playing on them, having a great time, right? Other We're people have yeah. been having a great time, but we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, we got a bunch of new uh, North American European servers for the Island Center and Ragnarok. A couple aberrations uh, and a couple Scorched Earth. But, yeah, I we, love the early game so much. Yeah, it's so much fun. I mean, we, we always complain about like living in thatch huts and whatever, but it's fun. <laughs> I really love that they released it, and they're like, man, this is really going to give those new people a chance to actually play the game. Uh, it's not. It's no. not. All, no. all the people that, are, that already know how to play the game, they're just going to jump on there and keep everyone down. And uh, it's pretty fun. I enjoy it. <laughs> I do feel sad, but sad for some of them, especially the new guys. It's like, uh, do we have to kill everything? No, you got to gotta be like the new Kratos. You got to <laughs> deaden your heart to their pain and their frustration. Yeah. That's the only way you can become a warrior, boy. <laughs> uh, in the community crunch they also did a reminder that the community live stream is starting up this month and will start on May 10th and be every other week on Thursdays uh, during yeah. their live streams they'll have Zen Row, Chris and Jen bringing ARC news, celebrating modding and the community as a whole every other week and they'll also be playing ARC, showing off mods and showing off your community creations for all to see and everyone's invited to join though I think we talked about this last week or the week before how uh, it might get a pretty toxic in the Twitch chat. Luckily, you might disable that. <laughs> no, no, it's going to get pretty toxic. It's probably going to turn into pure liquid cancer. I just, I can't wait to watch it, to be honest. Uh, especially in lieu or in light of what just recently happened, which we will go into soon. Man, I can't wait for them to show me dynamic wing fridges and their cable rework. Oh, man, that's going to be great to watch. <laughs> 
people are well, just going to spam about like, don't... what about tea? What about tea? Right. Well, they're not going to show anything like that. They're just showing. It seems like they're just going to show off, you know, the modding community and all the pictures and videos people make. Will there be a Q&A? Uh, they never say anything about a Q and A in there, mm. so we'll have to wait and see. Um, I'll try and watch it this coming Thursday when it shows up and see how it goes, if I remember. All right, so uh, moving on to patch notes, there was no updates this week, and I'm guessing that's not surprising considering the ban wave that happened. So it is now time to raise the top gallons of talk as we sail down the flooded roads of Arc Avenue. <laughs> So the boat life, love it, hate it. I love it except love it. steer into an alpha car now. <laughs> Yar. So, um, what are the pros of using boats in the early game? I think a lot of early game players are going to have a harder time finding your uh, base, surrounded by all the salts of the people you raid. <laughs> so the ocean is really made up of the salty tears of our. Victims. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which is weird that we can drink it, so I think we're some sort of salt abomination. Right. So, boats are pretty much one of the easier ways to try and avoid a lot of conflict, avoid some of the offline raiding, if you're able to hide it pretty well. Though, the whales or the leeches um, make that even more difficult to do. It is weird sailing around and just being terrified of being sunk. I you know. know I, not worry uh, about it at all. It used to be such a carefree experience, and now I'm constantly came out out mm-hmm. and looking around to make sure i don't see any uh, whales ready to suddenly come up and chomp on the boat yeah but um, yeah. when you know building your raft y'all obviously sinking foundations is very vital would you guys if say? you don't if you don't they're gonna they're gonna get in and also please for the love of god if you're going to go ahead and make all of your foundations out of wood do not stop with one foundation left. Be like, oh, I'm going to call it a day here. Just go ahead and make them all wood. <laughs> <laughs> so sinking foundations is utilizing what? A foundation and then a pillar, and then place another foundation next to that, and it'll go just a little lower than the foundation you initially placed, and then bounce them back and forth until it ends up covering the entire raft. You know, I see people use that method a lot but to be honest i usually just use pillar 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 and then foundation is the last step because every pillar you put will sink a little bit yeah that's true well you're trying to do it cheaper I'll do yes, yes that's not the american way um, um, I, i've had pretty good success with the boats um initially when so well obviously rats weren't in the game when it first came out in early access but when it launched officially you know i went the the boat life I did very well for quite a while before. Build uh, a bunch of boats that are specialized for a purpose. Yeah, exactly. I have one. I had one boat for defense. Had one boat for taming. One boat for cooking. So I had all the egglaying dinos in the boat. Uh, one for processing metal quickly. Things like that. So obviously, when building a boat, you're trying to do so to minimize the chances of being offline raided or just attacked for the most part. What are some of the best places to hide your raft as much as possible? Anywhere it's cold. Anywhere it's cold, world border. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the best. Um, the second thing, I would, if you're trying to just prevent a raider from getting your stuff, doesn't really prevent the raid itself. The classic thing to do is to build your stuff on one side of the raft and glitch it into the rock, mm-hmm. uh, which I used to do all the time. 
So from an outsider just looking at it, if they don't really know about that, it looks just like an empty raft hovering next to a rock. Right. <laughs> so is it always a good idea to upgrade your raft to metal? Or should people just go to the stone tier and stop there? No, nah, I wouldn't upgrade to metal. Well, it depends what you're trying to do with it, right? Mm -hmm. It depends how long you plan on using it. If you're using the boat as a launching off point to build a base, you might just skip the metal altogether because you can do a lot of stuff with stone. And then if it gets stuck, uh, sunk, it's not too hard to rebuild it. Yeah. Yeah, your main base should never be on a boat anyway. Unless you have, like, one of the metal boats, then you might have something going on for you. But the wooden boat is too easy to sink. You get splash damage through your actual mm. metal foundations anyway, so it'll sink long before they get through the middle. That's a good point. Though, personally, I love upgrading my boats to metal, but only if, you know, metal isn't that big of a deal for me at that point. And I love my war boats, you know, putting turrets on those things and going to town. Oh, yeah, war boats. That's a whole other topic. Well, it is part of the boat life. Also, a yeah. metal boat might be nice if you set it out, like, around your base. Because we had a flotilla at one point on the Ragnarok server, because mm -hmm. there was a main tribe on there that we weren't too friendly with. And we just sort of stayed out near the edge, had a boat for keeping the dinos on, boat for our forges, boat for crafting, and then we were just going to set up basically plan X and gun turrets all around it and have a flotilla. Mm -hmm. That yeah. worked. So it's a great idea to um, hide your boat. It's both great and very risky to hide your boat up against a world border. First, because obviously randomly a random whale could come by and destroy everything while you're being, while you're offline or anything like that. But you don't see a lot of tribes taking the time to go out along the border world border to find boats unless they happen to be doing something in the uh, particular area for the f anyways. But uh, you never want to hide your boat against a world border in the more obvious locations like Karno and Herbivore Island if you can help it. You know, speaking of which, we should really cruise around the world border and look for boats right now. <laughs> I would plan to do that <laughs> once the Plan X's are grown and can Don't shoot the them. whales before they can kill me. Yeah. Hey, so I'm uh, thinking about it. I don't think we've ever lost a boat to a lead on the world border, have we? I actually have, yes. Oh, never mind. Uh, back on when we were playing on uh, Island 28. There goes my false sense of security. No, so what happened was it was an alpha lead that Yeesh. destroyed my flotilla. And it was almost dead because I had planted so many plan x's to kill them so if it had been a regular whale would have been taken care of but it happened to be an alpha whale and was able to destroy my fleet as i logged in i logged in and it started happening oh hey, speaking i was of which, so ticked that's a good point so uh it's speaking of leads uh always have plant x on your boat yes to slow them down as you're making your escape just don't forget to set them to all oh yes and if you need to quickly get access to dung beetles so you can get the fertilizer, Carno Cave is the easiest. You just quickly take your boat um, up to it. Easy take minutes. your boat right up to it. Kite all the dinos straight down to the bottom of the cave. And then you just go collect whatever dung beetles are around the pathway. Easy piece of cake. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. <laughs> now, there is a point, though, where I think a boat's going to start slowing you down compared to somebody's land base. Mm -hmm. if they got the numbers to defend it. And that's the point where you really got to start considering uh, transitioning. Yeah, definitely. It could be nice to have it, though, as a uh, a little out-of-the-way place to forge metal if it's all you have is a bunch of forges in there. Yeah. You just go to the forge farm, boat. go and drop it in the forge boat, let it smelt up there. You're nice and safe. 
and it's off of the main land, so people aren't going to find it uh, probably too easily. I used to like taking the forge boats up to the South Islands because they're right up, it's, it's metal right up against the water. Mm hmm. Like Middle South River was easy, um, Herb is easy, but it's not as much metal. Yeah. Uh, personally, I, use, I love using boats, or I'll make a boat specifically for killing alpha raptors and other alpha dinos like the Carnos. Though, Rexes are pretty much impossible. They'll kill you unless you make your boat really tall, which is hard to do because they have a very limited structure limit. Yeah, that's right. Using a boat to kill alphas is a great way to level. But and you fun. probably, it's easier if you got more than one person, obviously. Some yeah, drive, it, it depends uh, what kind of gear you're driving. You can get away from any. Yeah, though the the person driving seems to get shafted from the XP. Mm. Oh, that I sucks. know. Oh, I yeah. know. <laughs> well, I wonder if it's just because you've, you're actually mounted into the driver's seat. Maybe you got to dismount or something. Oh, it is counted as a mount. Huh? The that's it's that's kind of the creature. I didn't yeah. think about that. That's probably your XP is probably going into the raft. Oh, level that's up so the boat. Stupid. Level up the boat. Put oxygen into it. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be weird if you actually could level up the boat? I know, I was just thinking about that level speed. Yeah. <laughs> the sails get guy, yeah. So I'll the, the collision. <laughs> and then be the... able to drive it down into the... Oh my god. <laughs> now we got a submersible raft. <laughs> the lucky I can't put wheels on it or I took the boat everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so the the collision mechanics have been always... Has always been wonky when it comes to the raft. And uh, what I'll sometimes do is utilize those collision mechanics to uh, tame dinos, such as like a Pelagornis. If I'm seeing them on the river or on the water, I get close to them as close as I can. And then when they start to take off, I quickly move the boat over them and they'll usually glitch right into the raft. And I can just knock them inside, tame them. I'm good to go. Ooh, really? Though, I didn't even know about that one. Though that still happens when you don't want it to, hence how a raptor ended up in our boat today, because I wasn't paying attention. It was in front of me, and when I was driving the raft, it went right into the raft and started... <laughs> Who did it pounce on? Was it you, Trog? It was me. It was you, like, okay. I was just minding my own business, looking in a box. And all of a sudden, the raptor's inside the raft. <laughs> raptor's got me pinned. Well, that's, a, that's a nice rude awakening right there, I think. It was. Yeah. So far, I've had a Gallimimus, a raptor... Um, a few other dinos I can't remember, but the gal in mine was really big pain. It was a 125. It's like, anybody want to tame this? No. Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> so, do you guys ever like to experiment with building rafts, or do you just go with like a box and you're done? I always build my RP raft. Your RP raft. Every time. <laughs> in fact, I'm surprised I haven't built one yet on the server. We're you have one on the Aberration server. I have one on yet. every server I've ever played on. Ultimately, <laughs> everything I build is a box built on a box built on a box. I hate boxes. <laughs> but it's the most efficient design, unfortunately, if you're trying to cram and utilize all I the structure. I thought you were having RP time now, so you, know, you have all the time to put. I'd actually <laughs> argue that you can get, because, you know, boats have a pretty low build cap, right? I think slope yeah. roofs are good for trying to get more build cap because you generally don't need the whole part of the boat that tall, too tall or whatever. Just at least mm -hmm. a couple sides of it or angles. So you can fit some tall uh, boxes, maybe a generator or a yeah. uh, fridge or something like that. Because uh, really, if, at least for me when I'm building a boat, every slot matters. Mm -hmm. Yep. Usually when I'm building and I have a plan in my head of what I want to do, I'll get the structure of the boat going, but then I'll start putting torches down as placeholders where I'm going to put um, pieces that I'm planning on crafting. 
That way I don't like get halfway into my design and realize like, oh crap, I don't have enough slots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's tough because you, you, it's amazing how much you try to maximize the space and make sure you build everything you can onto that raft and then account for your plan X's. Because what happens is with plan X's, you'll put the crop plots down, but the second they finish growing, they count for two structures, which you is know, so stupid. I, some people still don't know that. They'll, they'll cover their boat in plan X and think they're like at the limit when really they just got to build everything before that plant grows. Yeah, build up to the limit. Make sure that the crop plots are down within that limit. And when you hit that limit, then plant your plant X's and then you'll go over the limit technically, but you're not sacrificing anything. Though, if anything gets destroyed, you won't be able to replace them unless you get rid of the plant X's and then regrow those. That's a good way to get around the limit, though. Yeah, it is. It really is. But yeah, there's been so many times where... We've had a lot of fun utilizing boats. Oh, Rico knows. We were oh, chased yeah. down this one boy, and he said the blood for blood got our son. I was like, hey, my boy, you're my boy too. Come here. <laughs> Come here. I got something to tell you. And we snuck up on him and beat his brains in with a club and took everything he owned. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, indeed. All right, then. So let's move on. Quite a bit to talk about this week, like I said. So Wildcard, out of the blue, put up a post that reads... This year, on the 6th of February, we announced a one-time amnesty against a number of tribes on our official PC PvP network due to a widely exploited vulnerability. We informed the community that this would be a one-time situation and in the future we would continue to be heavy-handed against those who play unfairly and break our rules on the official servers. During today's enforcement action, we will temporarily prevent joint access to a number of our official servers as we work to enforce our code of conduct. We realize the effect this downtime may have on our players and sincerely apologize for any inconvenience this may cause. Unfortunately, as we work to enforce our policies and take action against players and tribes that are not willing to follow the rules, server outages are a necessary action that must occasionally take place for the betterment of the player experience as a whole. Today's actions will impact multiple tribes and consist of the removal of structures, dinos, and items, as well as the possibility of a global network, battle eye protected, and or hardware ID banned for cheaters. In this instance, the violations include aimbotting, under the mesh and DDoS, uh, real money trading, and using various other third-party programs. We've decided to issue bans where warranted and continued violations of our code of conduct will result in further wipes and bans. The downtime will con commence at approximately 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we expect this to last for approximately 6 to 9 hours. The servers affected by today's enforcement action can be found here, and they gave us a list of, what, two dozen servers at least? Yeah, about sure wow, for once it sounds like they're actually doing something. Mm -hmm. So uh, after the list, they continued and said, Please ensure that when playing our game, you abide by our code of conduct. And if you would like to make a report, you can do so here for PC or contact our support team for consoles. To be clear, cheating in ARC will not be tolerated. We do not take our responses and actions lightly and Except have put much tolerated. thought and deliberation <laughs> into how yeah. we would best enforce our policies moving forward. We will continue to diligently monitor our game for rule breakers, cheaters, and all-around bad actors, and will continue to commit resources to implementing new and better solutions related to detecting and removing those who are playing unfairly. We realize that innocent players will be caught up in the enforcement of our code of conduct, 
Unfortunately, there is no perfect silver bullet solution as we work to improve our game in this regard. We apologize for any loss and inconvenience that this may cause, but feel that it is necessary. It is a necessary side effect of enforcing our rules. We will continue to do our best to ensure that ARC remains a fair, fun, and competitive environment for all. Thank you for your continued trust, patience, and ongoing support, survivors. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. You know, when we feel like it, we'll enforce it. Mm-hmm. So I think it was six hours at least before the service finally came up. And then they issued an update, which reads, We have completed our PC maintenance for an enforcement action pertaining to violations of our code of conduct. Our services have now resumed as usual. Thank you for your patience and ongoing support, survivors. As a result of today's enforcement, 40 tribes had structures and teams removed, 73 accounts were globally banned, and 21 accounts were hardware banned. This action includes an investigation where the violations included aimbotting, under the meshing, DDoS involvement, real money trading, use of other third-party programs, and direct association with others who violated the code of conduct. Oof. So, 40 Oof. tribes, dev white. Roblox, Oof. So... The biggest criticism I've seen of this is a lot of people have been crying that, uh, like, oh, they were only on our server for five minutes and just wiped it. How's that enough time for an investigation? And I think the part they're missing is a lot of this is probably planned ahead of time. And I think a lot of this was your guilt by association, which is a controversial thing. Yeah, a lot of these tribes are alliance up, um, inter-server mega-tribal alliance up, you know? And that's uh, the thing. So um, there was quite a bit of a kerfuffle over it, especially when it was discovered which servers were being affected. A brouhaha, if you will. A brouhaha, yeah. And it seemed to be mostly BLDX and their allies, with BLDX taking, or BLDX and A-Team taking the brunt of the... smoking mirrors, though. They don't really care about deleting these people. They would have done it months ago when they had all this, mm-hmm. this, uh, you know, this evidence they've shown against them. Nothing has happened to them. And they didn't investigate it. And then in about, what, two, three hours, they're like, all right, all of a sudden we're going to do this. It's just, I think people were getting upset with them because the game is released and it's still in a sorry state. And they thought if they did this little this little PR stunt, it would stop asking them about things that they promised, like the Kibble rework, dynamically fridges, so on and so forth. You know, mm-hmm. as loud as VLDX is on the forums and as salty as they are, and I think they have some good reasons to be salty, um, despite the fact that I think this is justified overall. I'd say the vast majority of ARC players are not in BLDX. So I think overall, it probably is a helpful thing for the game. But the PR side effects of this are probably detrimental. Especially when you don't say anything. Yeah, they, they went radio silent after that. And that's what, really what bugs me it. is they put all, this, supposedly put all this time and effort into their investigation, yet by all accounts from what I've read, at least half of their uh, of the people they ban or they they hit with some kind of punishment. The the evidence seems to be guilt by association, and I'm glad well, you did something finally. But if you're going to do this big investigation, um, maybe do the investigation, not just go. Well, these people are connected to these people, so they had to have known. So yeah, I was going to say the biggest defense I've seen is uh, innocence through ignorance. Like, well, we didn't know they were doing. How are we supposed to know? Our tribe's so big. And I think that's the problem, is they're building these massive uh, tribes that aren't being managed well. And so it's super easy for any rando to get in your tribe. And let's say let's say you want to get BLDX banned, right? You could easily get yourself in that into BLDX and just start aimbotting and then start streaming it. And that's the end of it. I mean, assuming Maltrack could get some things, but... but. 
My, my point is, these tribes are getting so big that I think they're getting hard to manage, and maybe that's the huge downside of these mega tribes. Yeah, the real question is, is this all just an RP reason for, for the obelisks destroying them? Because I know old Helena said that if that when their town got too big, the obelisks shot down judgment on them and destroyed their own city. See, so maybe it's just the obelisks doing that. That is a huge missed opportunity. When these tribes got destroyed, they should have been destroyed in-game by some event, like a meteor shower or something. <laughs> I remember funnier. somebody when they got dev wiped. I don't. I wasn't there it was specifically, a right? but they said that a beam shot out of the obelisk and onto the base and destroyed them. I've heard that story. I've never seen any video of it, but I have heard that story. I believe it happened to DEA. Yeah, that was what we heard back in the day. Um, there were a bunch of people all saying the same thing, so it seemed credible enough to you know interesting if true. Yeah. So uh, should we touch on BLDX's biggest complaint about? Uh... Yes. Uh, well, so, hold on, before we do that. Now, people have been demanding, and, you know, not surprisingly, so the reasons why um, BLDX, A-Team, Empire, Evil Empire, why these were the tribes that were hit when there was at least one other mega tribe out there that has been egregious in their violations of the Code of Conduct who have been doing this for months since the General Amnesty happened. But um, one theory of why uh, these particular tribes were hit first and so quickly happens to do with the um, allegation of DDoSing. Now, uh, one particular player, and I was hoping he'd be on this week to talk about it a bit, approached me a few weeks back talking about what he had discovered. And what he discovered and investigated was that uh, BLDX, if I remember correctly, had a DDoSer in their tribe or they made use of a DDoSer who promotes his DDoSing tools and the fact that he is a DDoSer on Steam, on his Steam <laughs> profile mean, and talks about and just promotes his services was a part of BLDX. They had used his services. Um, and so this particular player sent that information to Jet in an email of what he discovered and what he investigated. And perhaps it's a coincidence, but two weeks after he sent that email, we're suddenly seeing this big sting on BLDX and their <sighs> allies. That was so egregious. I can't believe how obvious that guy made it. Yeah. And I'm not going to provide links to these this particular stuff because I don't know if Wildcard is still going after this guy on via Valve and hopefully we'll, you know, take him to court because this is illegal. DDoS is illegal and is a crime. I don't know if this guy has a Steam profile and everything. Court shouldn't... costs money. Yeah. Oh, they're going to have to release another And, and it's DLC a crime. It wouldn't actually be Wildcard or anything. It'd, it'd be a, a, well, Federal Internet Security Act. Exactly. It'd be the FBI. And here's the thing. They don't care about DDoSing in video games. They've yeah. got to worry about people DDoSing the Pentagon. Yeah, I, I, I can't really blame say. them for, you know, priorities on that one. Right. Still, it's a pain. And um, obviously, innocent players were caught up. I mean, you've got a server that goes down for six to nine hours, and maybe you just hatched some babies that you needed to imprint or feed. Well, those babies are dead, and your imprinting has, window has been missed. Things like that. And My um, suspicion, though, is that there's mm -hmm. some other exploit that really triggered this because the way that that thing was worded saying, like, hey, we gave amnesty for using this exploit in the past, I seriously doubt they would have given amnesty for DDoSing. Right. I mean, I find that hard to believe. I mean, we did talk about um, the major exploit they where they granted a general amnesty back on, what was it, episode... And I think despite not remembering what episode it is, I, I think we concluded that the exploit had to do with the admin console. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, in episode 75, we talked about the general amnesty. And then in, uh, I think it was 76, we talked about the, the major exploit that Wildcard didn't want to bring up for yeah. the reason for the general amnesty and why. And it was quite a doozy. I mean, having the ability to use admin commands on your official servers, ouch. Now, I kind of wish, you know, I understand why they're not giving details as to why they banned certain people, but I think they at least deserve to tell people, you were banned because, you know, duping, or you were banned because you were, you know this guy. Like, people, some mm-hmm. people have no clue, like I was saying earlier, innocence through ignorance. Some people might legitimately have no freaking clue. Yeah. Despite the fact that they're associated with a tribe that had been caught cheating in the past. Uh, a number of uh, Twitch streamers and YouTubers were caught in this as well. I mean, Shockace, for example, was banned. And that goes to some of the criticism they were getting before. They are like, oh, it'll never ban the YouTubers because that's all their money. Well, they yep. did it. They finally did it. Um, whether it was warranted or not is another story altogether. So one person in um, the official servers said uh, that Wildcard shouldn't have said anything, shouldn't have downed the server, and just come online, do what they're doing now, scare the cheaters. Uh, instead of scaring the cheaters, it's who would hide their cheating if they knew the devs were on. But uh, Eli replied saying, it just would not work that way. As we have stressed, this enforcement action will be a very time-consuming one, lasting anywhere from six to nine hours, possibly more. If we did not cordon off the servers and allowed people to come and go as they pleased, those caught in the middle of a malicious act would be able to inform other guilty parties of our actions and attempt a clean house during that six to nine hour time frame. And by that time we approach the guilty party, proof of their illicit acts would be beyond verification. I'm curious okay, I'm sorry, but if if what they were talking about when, when they made this first announcement, if you didn't already have the proof, what the hell were you doing? Maybe they had tips. So they were using the downtime supposedly to look for proof such as structures built under the mesh looking for duped items and things like that. That's all they could really do. They could have been doing that for the last two weeks without uh, anyone knowing. Mm-hmm. I still don't know why they can't analyze the save games and find duped items. Yeah, like, I would think the save game has a listing of every object in the game and find some with duplicate I mean, IDs. just t- download the latest save file, set up a server outside of the network, and then just take a look and see what you find. Now, that being said, yeah, so it wouldn't matter. So if somebody moves stuff off, it doesn't matter. It's trapped in the save game. Exactly. They can move it all they want, but the fact is they've got the save for the original save game. They're able to see what was still there before it was moved off, see who was in that drive, and then deal with it. Yeah, but I I really think some specifics were deserved here. They kind of just made a blanket statement of every possible way you could cheat. That's why we were banning people. Like, I want to know what they actually found and what people are actually doing. Yeah, everybody wants to know. But uh, for those who were banned... There will be no appeal, and this was according to Jen, who wrote on Twitter saying, If your friend was banned today, it's part of our code of conduct action. He is unlikely to uh, receive a successful appeal due to the amount of evidence gathered against all players banned today. In future, tell your friend to obey our code of conduct. You know, the more you read from their comments, the more I think whenever they say the evidence, it means the accusation. Hmm. I'm, I'm, Man, if I have serious doubts innocent. they had any evidence before they decided to do this. This sounds like truly, a fishing expedition. Yeah, if I was truly quote-unquote innocent, and that, that statement would really trigger me. Oh, yeah. And uh, Zealand1 says, Wildcard, you can't ban or wipe this many people without giving a reason. And he writes, Wildcard, you can't ban and wipe this many people without giving a reason because how are we supposed to know what not to do when we rebuild again? Because literally no one knows why they were banned or wiped for this time. Some people think it has to do with Server 51. But not all people that went there got bans. Tell us the reason why, please. So, 
obviously there's a code of conduct that they can look at. Yeah, they would just answer and say, well, it's because they violated our code of conduct. Right. But, you know, people want to know what part of the code of conduct was, you know, violated. And it's a pretty broad code of conduct now. It's a pretty big code of conduct now. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's talk about the big horse in the room, the T-Tribe. Now, this is a tribe that was dev white before General Amnesty, a week before the General Amnesty was released. And then their server got rolled back. They got everything back after the dev wipe. And General Amnesty was announced for everyone. And One of the weirdest moves I've ever seen Wildcard make. Yes. And then since then, which was back in February, we've seen and talked about um, a number of instances where T were cheating. People were being recorded aimbotting. But the only time we really talked about it was in episode 83 where their base got hit. They rolled back the server and their base was restored after being raided. And then they got hit again. Same thing happened. So once these bans happened this week, a lot of the players from BLDX, A-Team, and a lot of other tribes and alliances started hitting T on 165 and some of their other servers and started showing evidence, further evidence of aimbotting, meshing, and uh, it's been an insane roller coaster of videos and um, clips showing T and their tribe mates cheating even on t's own live streams they're showing their players and tribe mates aim button and wildcard has been st- has been rather quiet about this yeah it's weird it's i think really weird called to be quiet if you look at the way they did their twitch thing so that once they tell us what to do not what we when we figure out what to do they're saying someone else is telling them what to do in this situation now i think i have a theory on this and i don't know if it has any basis in fact it's just a theory because, you know, right now, the Reddit forums are saying, well, T's paying wildcard and all this other kind of bumbo. And then there's a rumor that some girl in T's tribe is like the daughter of the CEO. And I always see that echoed back and forth where everyone says, well, everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Yet no one actually points to a source. It seems like it's just, it's kind of spread through word of mouth. I think that wildcard does not control the Asian servers. I think it's a different set of GMs. And I think that they've been told not to, not to do anything on those servers. So I think they're they're probably telling the Asian GMs to do something, they're just ignoring it. I don't know. But the other interesting thing is, you know, the first time the first time that T server got um, rolled back or reboot rebooted or whatever. Reboot. Yeah, so the thing I heard and somebody showed a screenshot on this was that um, somebody in the defending tribe of T was IMing uh, a wildcard admin saying, hey, this we're fighting a war and the server's really laggy. Can you reboot it? And then the dude's like, oh, yeah, sure. And he put a, a message up in global chat or, you know, the announcement channel saying, hey, 10 minutes ceasefire while we reboot the server or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it basically, according to people that were there, they say there was no lag whatsoever. They, in fact, I was reading a comment on Reddit that somebody said, like, oh, the devs got memed and they fell for it and they got the server rebooted. And then when they rebooted it, it went back to a snapshot, you know, right before their base got breached. Because I was told the reboot happened right as the attackers were punching through T-Space. Right. So it looks sketchy as hell. And I think that admin got admonished for it, supposedly. I think the official statement from Wildcard, if I remember back to when that happened, was something like, well, we reviewed our policies and procedures, you know, something generic like that. But anyway, why do you guys think they're not taking action against T? Or do you think they are taking action against T? They're just not being vocal about it. I, I hope they're taking action. They're always very quiet about everything, so it's hard to tell. I mean, I have no idea when they're not doing anything versus uh, when they're just not telling us at this point. 
I tend to fall on the side of they're probably not doing anything because why wouldn't you try and fix your bad PR if you were doing something? Mm -hmm. It's also probably worth pointing out that T is not a really big tribe, from what I hear, for how much of a how much people talk about them on the uh, Reddit forums. It's just like I heard somebody say 15 people. I don't know if that's true or not. Right. So was um, there was finally a response from Wildcard uh, regarding T, and uh, this is in a Reddit thread where they were showing T meshing a base or being under the mesh. And uh, Jack simply replied, thanks for the report, guys. It will be flagged up to our enforcement team to check out. In the future, reports should be made to their appropriate locations. We, like you, want to move as quickly as possible when enforcing our rules. That said, there is a process involved. Remember, folks, undermeshing is against our official code of conduct and is not tolerated on our official network. For, for, for further information, you can check out this page. Cheers. So, <laughs> Which leads into uh, what Utos did. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, uh, so Utos somehow finds a T undermesh base right after that statement and starts mm -hmm. live streaming himself just looking at it for like eight hours or something like that. Yep. Saying waiting for you know wildcard dev response. And they did uh respond. Yep. At least acknowledge it. And for the the past couple of days, the BLDX Alliance has been hitting T's uh serv scorched server, I think. No. Um, I forget which server they're hitting, but they hit the 1010 base and then the server went down suddenly and rolled back five hours. So the base was back up and running. They hit T again, steamrolled the base, and uh, it happened again. Yeah, there's something really janky going on there. Like, really janky. Yeah. And then there is clips of one of the T's tribe mates, once again, aimbotting, blatantly aimbotting, and they're streaming it on China's um, version of Twitch. Ooh, China number one. I got a thing for that one. I, mm -hmm. I read one comment that was really interesting on that thread. A dude said, hey, wait a minute. This guy that you're saying is in T, you know, he was playing with us in BLDX just like last week. Ooh. And he was claiming, like, I think this dude is just, you know, trying to get them wiped. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Take that with how you will, because you know people right. say all kinds of crap. But it just—it was an int it was interesting to me. He's like, this is a dude that was playing with BLDX aimbotting you know, the other week, right before they mm -hmm. all got wiped. So um, there was a, a video posted on YouTube and then shared on the Reddit forum by Robo One, and it showed a tribe building on T's server one sixty five getting dev wiped for no. Oh, that reason. was that was spooky. It was like a ghost. Like Bill Cosby's ghost showed up right. and just took everything away. <laughs> it's there's, there's got to be a rogue GM. There's either a rogue GM or somebody in T has figured out the password to that server. Could be a yeah. Chinese GM, too. They're always for helping out. Get those pesky <laughs> Westerners. So, obviously, everybody wants T to be dealt with. I mean, after this band wave where mega tribes and alliances were suffered a huge blow from the devs, YT was not in there despite all all the evidence over the past couple of months of them cheating and doing all kinds of funky things. But of course, again, I would say that the most, the majority of our players have probably never even heard of T or interacted with them at all. That being said, with everything that's been talked about in the forums, I think the mob wants them dealt with. And I think from a PR perspective, if they don't do something soon, it's really going to uh, destroy what shred of reputation Wildcard has left. They have a shred of reputation left? <laughs> I mean, every other day I've seen a post on Reddit going, "Who is T?" I, I mean, I wasn't with that white. Yeah, saying, no. I just want to know who T is. It's like cause, it's because everyone that got wiped, all those forty tribes, are are just talking about it like mad on Reddit. So you'd think it was like the biggest thing ever to happen in Oregon. 
Yeah. So on Twitter, Jet made a statement saying, our enforcement teams will go through them, them being the uh, reports sent to WildGuard, though nothing is ever instant or immediate. Now, uh, I'd like to call BS on this particular statement because, if everybody remembers, there was an issue where a moron live-streamed himself talking and selling in-game items for real money, and on that stream, he got dev-wiped by Wildcard. Yeah, that was, that was a Instantly. <laughs> that was, I love that. And that was uh, they, they episode 77 where we talked about it. They know what's happening. Come on. Right. I mean, so that the, mesh base was totally under-streamed. I mean, under-streamed. <laughs> <laughs> that under-mesh base was totally streamed live for eight hours. The only theory I had was, like, maybe it was their weekend and they were all, like, you know, that, at work or whatever. That's but... inexcusable because they have to have a system in place. You don't have a, this even over the weekend. You don't have a weekend team? Like, even a skeleton crew of two dudes to just show up and be like, hey, this looks kind of sketch. By the way, for the record, that where that base was located was in that undersea cave that used to have a tiny little hole to go into. Mm-hmm. We we built there one time when it was open. See, and, and uh, it's been sealed ever since. It's been sealed ever since. But when we we had a dev on the server for something, and I got yes. him to actually go there with me and give mm-hmm. me an answer on whether or not we could build there. And they said it was fine. Exactly. And then later they reneged. <laughs> is, is that although well, to be fair, when they the reneged, Chinese? they also blocked it off. Yeah, that so, was the case we did fight the Chinese with on, the uh, with the crossbow fight, right? Underwater yes, was underwater yeah, crossbow yeah. fight, which was a great fight and is on YouTube, by the way. Yeah, I ended up. I think I shot Rico in the face by accident. I'm like, oh my bad. <laughs> yeah, well, I needed to go back to the base and get another uh, uh, and bring Leviathan full of supplies over, anyways. So it wasn't like a big they, deal. Well, they tranked me. They were bringing me inside. Like help. Help, they're, they're dragging me inside, they're taking my stuff. No, man, I can't make it. You're right next to me. I'm looking at you. No, can't do it. <laughs> so, um, once again, a lot of anger at Wildcard over the band wave, but also a lot of anger directed at Wildcard because he wasn't in this band wave for any reason, even though if it was all about all these violations of code of conduct, such as aimbot and meshing, DDoS, and etc., YT wasn't brought in. So, uh, Kohizi asked on Reddit saying, if T got banned too, would everyone still be outraged or concede and start over? And he writes, I have no dog in the race here. Just curious of the official side's perspective. What if this T guy or T tribe got the same punishment for cheating that everyone else did? Would everyone just go, oh, okay. Wildcard finally got some balls and did what they said they were going to do and just move on and try again? I think if T got wiped, people would be complaining about the third biggest cheaters. Complain about somebody new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It would just move on to the next. Pretty much, yeah. crap rolls downhill. Yeah. And who are the third biggest cheaters? I don't even know. I'd have to look it up. It's, it's hard to keep track of it all. There's so much that goes on on the official PvP servers. By the way, I say that knowing I'm totally offending anyone who's in the BLDX alliance who thinks they were unfairly wiped. Well, we're just talking about it. We don't have any proof. I mean, you've we've been hearing all the allegations that uh, the T Tribe has been paying off Snail Games, the parent company of Wildcard. So that they could get away with everything. That's my least favorite conspiracy theory. Um, the other conspiracy, conspiracy theory is that it's the tribe has family members who are executives in snail games. Um, this is a tribe of rich people who can do whatever they want. The one per, the Chinese one percent, in other words. Ah, the yes, g- the ever popular rich people are evil because <laughs> because so they didn't give me oh, my there's, money. There's no reason. I want okay, got it. I understand. I want now, money. I have seen. Uh, screenshots of T bragging, and you know how bragging in a mm-hmm. game yes. is proof. Apparently, these days, 
I have seen them bragging um, that they do pay uh, their farmers to play the game. Yeah. Like they pay them like, you know, 50 bucks a week or something. Which like isn't that. breaking code of conduct, which isn't illegal. So that's fine. I could care less. 50 bucks a week? What? Well, if you're living in like some crap old country, maybe that's a lot of money or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, um, the, the, you but, know, the but, like, 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 you, you live in a crap old country called California. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, 50 bucks a week is not going to keep you alive here. You can here's, what I, here's what I always wanted to happen. I wanted them, the Chinese that were fighting, not to turn out to be bad people or just jerks, but their families were taken by the state, and they have to do this to, in order to save them and get them back. <laughs> well, um, actually... <laughs> what, they're not members of the Olympic team? Well, I'm sorry, that's going to get, in... that's gonna get, that's gonna so... get demonetized. Into the box with you. To, off topic, or just slightly off topic, there have been cases where uh, Chinese jails will force the prisoners to play World of Warcraft for gold farming. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. Yeah, I've heard those stories. Um, hey, but the they one go, version of that conspiracy mow, theory... The, the, the version of that conspiracy theory that I will subscribe to that I think is perfectly plausible. Not that they're paying off the wildcard company or snail games, but that there's somebody, there's a corrupt GM who's taking money on the side. Mm-hmm. That I totally believe. That is certainly possible. But these are all allegations. We don't have the proof for it. What we do have proof is that T has been caught aimbotting. T has been caught building under the mesh, meshing. So they've already got two major code of violation, code of conduct violations right there. And Wildguard is going to have to do something soon. This is some. This is not something they can sweep under the rug or deal with later down the road. This has to be done. What do you guys say? Within the next two weeks? Yeah, easily. I know. You know, everyone on the internet expects. Things to happen instantly, but you know, uh, give it some time. If it, happen, and this, if, it, eyes. if it doesn't happen within the next two weeks, then Wildcard better put out a freaking official statement explaining why not. Mm-hmm. There better yeah. be some amazing story that somehow justifies not doing it. Indeed. If they just Even go silent on it, though, man, I don't know. Even if it's a lie, is that what you said, Chuck? Well, I'm saying, yeah, I mean, Chuck's right. <laughs> Even if it is a lie, they got to say something. They can't just be radio silent on it now at this point because it's such a huge issue. Silence is guilt. Silence is also guilt. Well, I got to say, for Wildcard, it must be nice to be your uh, social media team or community management team because they don't, they've been silent. So they're getting paid for doing nothing right now. Now, maybe, maybe they are. Maybe they're investigating not just this one server, but everywhere that he has alliances or affiliations with. That would be the most optimistic view of the situation. I feel like it would be faster than this. Maybe, it but take that long. We we're talking about they spent six to nine hours investigating over two dozen servers. But when they did something like this the last time, it was one server that took six or so hours for one server. Yeah, somehow two dozen servers, they suddenly streamline the process? Yeah, oh, I guess money really speeds that up, huh? I think the story will come out eventually. It has to. Right. I know one other uh, allegation being leveled at Wildcard is that these tribes got wiped and banned because they attacked T. All those tribes attacked T at one point or another. Interesting yeah. if true. I don't mm. believe that, though. I can't imagine Wildcard sitting in a board meeting in a conference room looking at a PowerPoint chart and saying, hey, here's a list of the tribes that we need to ban because they attack our buddies. <laughs> I, can't, I don't see that. I, I, I imagine know. going more, uh, more like a... Uh, I, I can't do good impressions, otherwise I'd do a horribly racist Chinese accent, and somebody from Snail Games just screaming uh, at Stieglitz. Oh, over the telephone, phone. and then him going in, okay, okay, guys, we uh, we, we got to go do this, and everybody be like, 
Why do they give? Why do we take their money? All oh, right, because we need it. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, the the idea that I don't know the, the development studio gives any care towards the tribe politics just seems odd to me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I remember well, we, when one of the devs used to say that one of his favorite things was to ghost around on servers and see how the little oh, the microcosm mm-hmm. of, po- of politics arose on that server. Oh, I and then they opened up transfers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I were Ron, man, I would have a control room with like global chat logs scrolling on every screen, just watching. So you'd basically be the end of Cabin in the Woods. I was thinking the end of the Matrix. <laughs> when they're in that room with the what's the guy's name? Well, I know we would love to get some of the guys from BLDX Alliance to talk about this particular issue, what's going on with them. And we record every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, guys, ever want to get in contact with us, our information is in the video descriptions of these episodes. And I'm, I'm willing to say that 98% of BLDX are probably legit players. It's the 2% that are screwing mm-hmm. everybody else. Yeah. I've only had five people get in contact with me by crushing that walnut. <laughs> All right. Um, if you guys have any questions or uh, want advice from us for our Arc Avenue segment, leave it in the comment section or in our Discord channel. There'll be an invite to the channel in the comment section um, if you want to hang out with us or just chat. The podcast is also available on iTunes now from from episode 72 and onwards. So please subscribe to that. And if you would rate and review us, that would be awesome. Because it is time to close out episode 88 of the Archaeologist Podcast. Thank you to our participants this week. And thank you for listening to us on YouTube. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, feel free to like and share this video on and subscribe to the channel. You can also leave comments or questions for us in the comment section below. Goodbye and stay alive, survive. See you in your boat. Disappointing episode. I know you were here. I think every elf in the game decided to spawn right here. <laughs> it's amazing how much they congregated one area. You know, having the uh, spawn rates turned off on the private server gave me a really good idea of where their spawn points were because they're always there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, often in numbers larger than you ever want to deal with. <laughs> First time I almost lost an amazing Rex to like four or five freaking uh, Alpha Raptors. It's like, okay, well, you know, there's the downside to turning the spawn rate up.